whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports. This is the NRO show. Episode 15. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm joined by the best panel in the business. We've got Tasha, and Alex has joined us. Uh, Alex, thank you for jumping over. Obviously, for those that don't follow our NFL content, Alex is over there um, doing some great work there. But guys, what a week of NRL. Our first week of finals is, is has come and gone, and, and I guess we're starting to look forward. But before we do, Alex, going to start with you. Was there a bit of a key takeaway from that first week of finals? Errors are going to kill you as far as the team goes. And errors almost killed the Roosters on this one. Um, I think it's just kind of they got to get down and kind of, especially in finals, you got to make sure you're doing the basics well. You know, not knocking the ball on, trying not to tackle high. All the stuff that you should have learned by now as far as the season goes should be sound right now. And there are just way too many errors for my liking as far as the Roosters went. Yeah, they definitely hurt you in finals football, that's for sure. Tasha? Uh, My takeaway is definitely how Wayne Bennett got those um, rabbitos just to really put in the grind defensively. Um, they're known for their flair, all season known for their flair, but they really rattled the Panthers. And uh, that's my takeaway is, wow, how did Wayne Bennett get those rabbitos to do that? He's almost a shoo-in, isn't he? Like, I don't know why we're surprised, you know, regardless of whether his teams are, you know, 10, 20-point uh, underdog, he, he, he just he always finds a way. And we spoke last week about you know, some of the mind games that he would have been playing. And behind the scenes, he would have been telling his players, you, no one thinks that we can win. Uh, that's exactly where we want to be. And, and now they get the week off. Look, for me, my takeaway, similar to Alex, I, I think one of the things that you quickly forget uh, because finals just, it comes and goes and it's so quick, is that, you know, you've got to be perfect and that the smallest mistakes can be so costly and ultimately cost you a season. You know, you look at the Knights, obviously he's a fan, I'm still... Still struggling after that loss, but, you know, you, you look at little things like missing a, a conversion from the sideline. You know, that's something that happens week in, week out, at you know, during the regular season. You do that in finals football, you know, and that, that can sort of cost you. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely high pressure and, uh, yeah, really looking forward to jumping into week two. All right, guys, well, let's have a look at our first segment tonight, uh, the huddle. And for our new listeners, the huddle is where we take a team each week to uh, focus in on. And this club is particularly special. You know, it's been around for a very, very long time. And, you know, when we think of this football club, we think of success. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We're a different footy team, and we've got a point of difference about us. This is the biggest moment in several of these players' football lives. Champion players, champion club. I want to be king in your story. I want to know. And Alex, you know, sometimes as a long-suffering Newcastle Knights fan, I, I can't help but be envious of you uh, as a fan of the great Sydney Roosters Football Club because, you know, regardless of what's happening, you know, injuries or what year it is, they just always seem to be competitive uh, year in, year out. And this year is no different. Yeah, no, I mean, I had to pick one team that was a winning team out of all the sports that I follow, and thankfully it's, it's the Roosters. Um, they've had a interesting season i mean with the injuries they've had week in and week out every week it, you're kind of holding your breath that the starting players come off perfectly fine and i don't think that we've had a week that that's happened um but in, in saying that 
you got to look at James Tedesco because throughout all the injuries, throughout the young players kind of coming up behind him to fill on those spots, you know, he's stepped up and he's kind of led that team. Whether it's win or lose, he's kind of had some sort of an impact whether it's defensively or offensively. And Tasha, you know, to Alex's point, you know, I guess to properly detail what makes Tedesco great, you'd need five or six episodes. But if we were trying to, if we, I guess if we, if we try and sum it up, it's just his consistency. You know, obviously, you know, we've all been blown away by, you know, some of the form of, of players like Tom Travojevic who, who have just scaled unbelievable heights. But, you know, Tedesco, he, he is just, he is an elite player and he does it week in, week out. He, he is the man that you can consistently rely on and he's, he's always up there and, and you think, okay, um, you know, Tom Trebojevic was playing fabulous footy, you know, why isn't he the fullback in the state of origin? Well, the reason is simply because consistently um, Tedesco comes up with the goods. He it, This weekend, three try assists. Um, he doesn't just play in at fullback. He'll come in at 5'8". He, he is the man. Yeah, and Alex, you know, what, what else do they want Tedesco to do? Like, does he sort of run the water out and manage the interchanges as well? Because the way that I see it, he's playing fullback, you know, at an elite level. He's also, you know, let, let, let's call it for what he is. He's coming in and playing in the halves as well. Um, I, I think some of the media coverage is kind of missing the fact that, you know, his touches, you know, th- this is this is something really special, what Tedesco is doing, just the sheer volume of work that he's being asked to do on a weekly basis. Yeah, 100%. And he could definitely be the water boy as well, you know, and, and all those other jobs, <laughs> 100%. Um, but I think for a team like the Roosters who have kind of gone through so many changes since the start of their season, right? We're not kind of looking at the same team that started week one. We're looking at a, a different team. But I think when you look at that that team now, like Tedesco is that glue. And as you said, he's playing that 5-8 role and he's playing that halfback role and he's doing that extra work. But he is that glue surrounding an ever-changing lineup, an ever-changing squad. And I also love the way that um, Tedesco, yes, as you said, Alex, holds them together. But Victor Radley, his ability to play on both sides of the ball is just phenomenal. And he's really hitting his straps. Um, So it's really exciting for him. I can't go past. What about Sam Walker? Can we talk about him? Like coming on, um, a young kid, and he's won the game for them, not only with the kick, but what about that try-saving tackle? Yeah, it, it, it's absolutely incredible what Sam's doing. And I think there's talented young players, but then there's this very special group where, you know, regardless of how many games they've played, you just know that these guys are going to go on and have 10, 15-year careers. And that's Sam Walker. You know, he's just, you know, the maturity is, is just sort of coming through in his game. And the fact that he's doing it pretty seriously hurt, you know, that shoulder injury I think is pretty significant. So, you know, that, that that wears on you week in, week out. So the fact that he's continued to sort of fight through that and, you know, yes, he's sort of playing some reduced minutes at the moment to kind of best manage him. But, you know, he, he is, um, Alex, he's got to make you feel pretty excited as a Roosters fan. Definitely. I mean, to see a young player like that, to be able to come in and make the impact that he has, not only just in his ability to play, but just mentally. I mean, you look at the last game he played against the Titans in those two kicks. First one gets batted down. Anybody could kind of crumble when they go to take that next one. And he didn't. He stood up there and he was able to, you know, stick it through the post. So I think that just shows that not only is he 
physically strong as well, apart from the shoulder injury, but just mentally he's he's able to compete with these older players. And I think that's come finals footy, when you need someone to step up and make that make that make those points, he, he's a player you can turn to. And he's a young guy in that as well. So I think just as far as future playing goes, he, he's in for he's in for an excellent career. And Tasha, you know, I, I and we have spoken about this in previous episodes, but it's important that we that we do address it is obviously the loss of Luke Keary, um, you know, he's very significant. And I've said it before, you know, if, if, if this had have happened to any other team, you're competing for the wooden spoon. I mean, this is, this guy is your clear playmaker. Um, you know, obviously it's particularly challenging, but with all due respect to Lachlan uh, Lamb and Drew Hutchinson, who I actually personally like as players, I follow their careers, but, you know, certainly from their growth, their development from the start of the season to come in and be able to sort of build a combination together. You know, Trent Robinson's done a remarkable job with those two and, you know, has allowed him to sort of manage Sam Walker. Um, it's, you know, what what can you say? Very impressive from Trent. Oh, yeah, and we spoke about Trent la- last week. He has that ability to get the young young players up and ready. I mean, you look at Boyd Cordner that they lost, Jake Friend, Luke Keery, as you mentioned, and just a special shout-out to Luke Keery, Uh he was also a student at uh, my school, Oak Hill College, so I just thought I'd uh, show off a little bit about um, my association with Luke and, of course, the, the loss of Brett Morris as well. But Trent, God bless him, he just keeps coming up with these these young players who step up. Now, that's we're raving about these young players, but my concern is, yes, they did well this week and um, you had Sam Walker come in on, on just the last 10 minutes, but it's that lack of finals footy experience that the Roosters have now that could be their undoing further into this final series. Yeah, I, I think it's particularly challenging. And, Alex, you know, given all of the adversity that they've gone through and all of the challenges that they've had, it's easy to go out and play attacking football with the ball in your hand. You know, it's easy to go out there and score tries, kick the footy around. But I guess it's the defensive side that I've been most impressed with the Roosters because that's where you see where a team spirit is. You know what I mean? Like after all of the adversity this team's gone through, that's where they could have given up. And to Tasha's point, if they're to hang on, if they're to have any sort of chance sort of moving forward, it's the defensive side that I think is really going to hold this Roosters side together. And a guy that probably doesn't get enough praise in that space is Craig Fitzgibbon, who... You know, obviously Cronulla have seen his talent and, and have locked him up as a head coach for next year, but obviously he's having a big impact behind the scenes as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and as we've talked about before in episodes, you know, defense wins championships. You know, they win those big grand finals. And I think for the Roosters to have someone like Craig in there who has kind of just so much knowledge as far as defensively, it shows on the field kind of what they're getting taught behind the scenes, just kind of grinding and grinding and grinding and not really giving up. And I think you kind of saw that in the last game against the Titans, how they just kind of pushed in that last second to get that guy down. You know, there's kind of a, you know, we, we will, we will die fighting if we have to. And I think that's the kind of, you know, energy sometimes you need when you're playing finals footy, just defensively to hold on to that win. Yeah, and, and that's what that, that's what fans love to see, even if you're not getting the results. Like, there's been weeks where, you know, the Roosters have lost games, but, you know, they've just been there sort of fighting hard, and, and that's what, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. Um, Tasha, let's have a look at some other players here. You know, Angus Crichton, I, I don't want to skip past him because I do feel like he is one of the best edge back rowers in the game. want to make sure we get that out there. But, you know, one of his teammates, Satili Tupanua, 
I think this guy has got a lot of potential in the game and maybe a little bit, I guess, you know, a little bit underrated, you know, with, with you know, the big names around him in Radley and Crichton. Satili, he, he's had a fantastic season himself. Yeah, Satili, look, I mean, it is hard to stand out when you've got these great players around you, but um, he's he's definitely an underrated edge back row, back rower. Um, and I think we will see him hit his, hit his straps and, Next year at the Roosters, like, wow, you know, I don't know. Like you said earlier, I don't know how they're going to stop the Roosters next year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's have a bit of a let's have a bit of a, a go at predicting, I guess, where where they're headed for this year, um, and then yeah, looking ahead to season twenty twenty two. I'll start. Look, next next, you know, obviously, you know, moving forward, it's going to be very difficult for them to you know, get past uh, the Manly side in the prelims. I think it's possible. I really do think they have a chance. But for me, I, I just see a very, very tired football team. They have been put through they've been put through a lot physically and mentally, and I think it might be a little bit of a bridge too far. But, you know, fast forward through to next year, and, and I think this team's a grand final team. I really do. I think the Calvary is going to return, and I think Luke Keary, he is going to have – potentially a daily M season because he's he's going to want to make up for lost time. So, you know, that's kind of my prediction. Alex, you're a little bit biased as a Roosters supporter, but where do you sort of see the season finishing this year and then looking ahead to season 2022? I think they have to be extremely technically sound against Manly. I think they can't afford to have silly errors. They have to be strong defensively. They have to be strong on the attack. I don't – and I think – as we mentioned earlier, because they have so many young players that don't have that finals footy experience, I think coming up against a side like Manly, who are going to really kind of take it to them, I think, and put them on the back heel to start off with, I think that might rattle a couple of the younger players and just don't have that experience. But I think that experience is going to be able to propel them to next year. And that experience is going to be vital for next year to have these young players in there with that experience behind them. And next year, I could definitely see them being a finals football team, especially as you said, with the Cavalry coming back and then being healthy and not having a season like they just had. You know, I could, we could see a very, very good footy team for next year. Yeah, put it this way. I'd be renewing your membership if I was a Sydney Roosters supporter. That's for sure. Tasha? Uh, I have to agree with with both both of you guys because um, the younger players with that finals experience coming in, um, I mentioned earlier, I don't know a team that's going to be able to stop that, especially when you get, um, you know, a fresh Kiri back, a Collins, um, Sam Walker, who will be both healthy and a little bit older. I just, look, if they don't make the top four, then I'll give up. I'll, I'll, I'll just give up. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think, you know, and it's not to say they can't do something special this year, you know, that this team has continued to surprise us week in, week out, and I, I cannot wait to watch them play again, you know, as a neutral supporter. I just love, I love their football, and let's be honest, I love watching James Tedesco play. You know, that guy, yes, he's touching the ball three or four times in a set. Uh, I, I think we're watching something truly special here, but again, Roosters fans, strap in, because season 2022, I think it's going to be something pretty special. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our next segment now, the match. And the match is where we we pick out a couple of players to go head-to-head, one-on-one. And this week, we're looking at some of the most talented locks in the game. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, and this week, we're, uh, we're having a bit of a look at our middles in particular, our lock forwards. And we've got two very 
very special players in Jake Travojevic, the lock forward for the Manly Warringah Seagulls, and Isaiah Yo, who plays for, obviously, the Penrith Panthers. Both of these guys, they have, uh, yeah, represented their state, and Jake, obviously, representing his country. Alex, going to start with you, and we'll, we'll touch on Jake Travojevic. Uh, you know, he is... Well, let's start off with he's the fact that he's one of the, the nicest players in rugby league, but... You know, I, I guess that's where a lot of players have fallen into his trap because whilst this guy is, you know, he's one of the nice guys off the field. As soon as you, as soon as he steps onto the field, he's an absolute killer in defense. Yeah, and I, I love players like that. You know, they're they're super humble off field. They're super nice to watch, and they're kind of that buddy buddy with you. But as soon as that whistle blows, they step out on that field. Like it just changes their mindset goes, and they come out and just his defensive game is just awesome to watch for Manly. And I, and I think that comes down to it. You know, he's just, he's willing to stop you no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. And Tasha, let's have a, let's have a bit of a a chat about his impact on this club because not to name names, but there are some clubs out there in the NRL at the moment who are really struggling with an identity. You know, Manly, they've been through some struggles themselves, but they found these two players in Tom and, and, and Jake and, you know, these are players who you're able to build a club around. You're able to build an identity around. And, you know, Jake, you know, we're, we're going to get into some of his achievements and some of his technical ability. But, you know, let's start with his leadership and the impact that he's had on that team. You know, this is a guy who, yeah, he's done remarkable things for, you know, his local community as well as his football club. Yeah, look, Jake, as I think everybody will agree, he's one of the nicest men going around in rugby league. And and the... The fans now, I mean, it used to be fun to hate Manly, but there are so many people loving Manly now, and I think it's got a lot to do about Jake's leadership. Um, both Trebojevic brothers, uh, you know, Turbo and Jake, you've built a real fan base around them. And just the, the well, we saw Turbo give Jake a try um, over the weekend, and just you could just see the fans absolutely loving that. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's um, I pay special attention to Manly as a night supporter because they're supposed to be our rival. And yeah, I'm with you, Tash. It's it's hard to dislike some of the, the characters within this team. But you know, let's talk a little bit about his uh, technical ability because he's certainly a special player. You know, one our game of rugby league has changed so much over the last couple of years with all of these rule changes. But you know, one of the the big changes, and we've spoken a lot about it in previous episodes, is the ability for our lock forwards to sort of ball play. I guess Jake was one of the key players who started to play with the football and support Daly Cherry Evans as a halfback. And, you know, when you came up against Manly, you knew that, you know, Jake could move the football and he could quickly shift it to an edge and, you know, create trouble for you. Yeah, he sure could. And um, it is the modern game. Like, you need to have your um, number 13 to be that extra pivot, to take the pressure off, off the halves. And... Jake, God love him, was one of the first um, to be doing that. He's he's brilliant at being able to distribute the ball. He's brilliant in defence. He's great at just running the ball. So he's 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 a great all rounder and a, and a great guy for the for our game. And Alex, I think one of the things that's most impressive about Jake, and I guess what what makes him a representative player, is the balance that he's found in his game because. You know, one of the things that, that has been difficult for Jake is he can't pass the ball every time he gets it, right? Like he has to, you know, he has to be able to make those meters, know when to just, you know, tuck the ball under, run hard, get those meters. But at the same time, 
he knows when you know he's able to sort of create a bit of an o- overlap. I, I guess that's one of the most impressive things about Jake is he's found that real balance in his game. Hundred percent, and I think that what makes that's what makes him such a dual threat at that lock position because he's not afraid to kind of punch it up the middle. And we've seen that in his stats; he averages one hundred nine meters a game. Like that's impressive running meters, right? For for anybody. Um, but then he's also, as you said, he's not afraid to kind of dish it off when he needs to. But I think that comes with such an awareness and understanding of the game of when to hit up the middle and when to hit up that line and then when to just kind of pass it off. So I think his intelligence as far as being able to read the game is also really impressive to watch. And Tasha, we talk a little bit about his representative career. Now he plays in a position that has the most competition in rugby league. Like if you are a forward, if you are a second rower, that is where the most amount of competition is going to be, especially at representative level. So for Jake, you know, to, to be able to play for his country, to be able to play for his state. You know, he's competing year in, year out. But, Tash, if you're a selector, it's really hard to bypass Jake because of the intangibles that we've spoken about, but also the defensive side of his game. Yeah, and that's why he's consistently um, selected because he is reliable. He does have all those facets to his game. So, yeah, he's, he's one of your first pick. Uh, when you come to representative rugby league. And let's have a look at his competitor tonight because, as I, yeah, I mean, if you look closely, you know, potentially this is sort of the modern-day Jake Travojevic. But, you know, uh, Alex, one of the things that stands out to me is 106 kilos, 6 foot 5, and he can ball play as good as some of these halves. I mean, it's 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 pretty impressive for a, for a middle forward. A hundred percent. And, I mean, that is a big guy running at you too. So when he's hitting up that line, he is hitting up that, that line. So, I mean, and, and that's what kind of makes these, these ball players so fun to watch. As we said, like it's that dual threat, right? They can, they're so nimble and quick. You can move with the ball, but they're still got that power behind them where when they hit that line, they're, they're, they can either bust through or take you for a couple meters. Yeah. Look, I've got to agree so much with you, Alex. Um, you know, six foot five, who can have those ball playing skills and that power at six foot five. It's just absolutely amazing. And even though we just raved about Jake Travojevic, let's not forget Freddie selected Jake in the forwards uh, for the state of origin and put Yayo in as the as the number one lock position. And Freddie was quoted as saying that the younger players react well to him as a as a believe it or not, a calming influence. So I really think that um, he's an outstanding number 13. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's an example of how rugby league players can take big steps in their career. You know, I, I think sometimes we we sort of look at players and we put them in a box, you know, in their early 20s if, if they haven't made state of origin or if they haven't made, you know, their test debut, well, that, that's the player they're going to be for the rest of their career. You know, if I was a player in my mid-20s, I'd be looking at a guy like Isaiah. You know, he's 26, but his game has just exploded to this whole different level. And, you know, to Tatasha's point, he won that jersey. And if you look at the Penrith Panthers this season, when he wasn't playing, they looked completely disjointed in attack. I mean, it's pretty special to, you know, be a middle forward and, you know, have, have such a big impact on what has been one of the powerhouse teams in the competition. All right, and let's have a bit of a look and let's have a talk about, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Isaiah stepping up into that representative football. There were a few people that spoke about Isaiah getting that jersey because of the Penrith combinations, but 
it's more than that. This guy won that jersey. He, he, he's been one of the best players in the competition and he just brings so much to your football team in attack and defence. Yeah, look, he, he played in all three games this year uh, in the New South Wales Blues. Um, he, he, he's good at offloading. I mean, imagine a six-foot-five guy. Imagine, how, you know, if he develops that offload, he's only going to be, become more and more lethal. He's, um, he's hit-ups each game. He's 96.6% effectiveness in, in tackle efficiency. So, yeah, I think he did really, really well in that jersey. He earned that in his own right. And, Alex, just one last plug on this one before we move through is, as I comes from Dubbo, and I guess this is, it's really, really important, and I think one of the things we've done a little bit better in recent times is promote, you know, promote where a lot of these players come from, you know, out in the country. It's just so important for the NRL to continue to invest in country rugby league because, Look at Isaiah, you know, he's come through from the country and he's one of the game's best players. And I guess, you know, for us moving forward to be successful, the NRL just needs to continue to, to support country rugby league. 100% they need to support country rugby league. And that just shows kind of, you know, where that untapped talent could be. You know, it could be out in these country players. And if they want to kind of see the game grow and just get better and better as far as, you know, that these technical abilities for these kids. And I definitely think they really got to tap into that market because based on Isaiah Yo, I mean, there's a market there that they probably haven't even begin to even uncover the amount of players that they can get from the country leagues. Yeah, absolutely. No, there's plenty more players uh, out there. And um, yeah, we've definitely got to continue to make sure that they find their way into the rugby league pathways. All right, guys. Well, as always with the match, we cannot sit on the fence. We've got to pick a winner. And it's a little bit challenging, especially for all of the uh, the fans out there that love Jake Trevojevic. Um, but, Tash, we'll start with you. Again, really difficult decision on this one, but, uh, yeah, who are you going here? Nicest guy, I'll go with Jake, but I think for the number 13 jumper. Alex? Yeah, I've got to go with Ye on that one, just based on his kind of ability to run the ball. And just he's, again, he's such a big guy and he's such a dual threat. And I think that's such an asset to him, especially in, in that 13 jersey. Yeah, I'm going to be a little bit controversial here. I, I think Isaiah has had, Isaiah has had a better season. So I, I, I can definitely see where you guys are coming from, but I just think he needs one more thing for him to, for him to surpass Jake. And that's a really, really big, strong performance in finals. Obviously, you know, there's a little bit of a disappointment there in the grand final. We saw a little bit of some troubles in week one. I think, you know, if Isaiah can come out and really dominate and put a really strong performance in um, and do something special uh, this season, I, I think he gets the nod. But for me, I think Jake, he, he's been there, he's done that, he's performed at the highest level. So I think Jake's just holding on. But uh, I see your point. is coming and it's, uh, it's very, very close. All right, guys, well, let's jump into our final segment, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, we are looking ahead to week two of the finals. Tasha, going to start with you. Who is a player to watch coming into the next round of finals football? I've got to say Turbo. Turbo does, didn't have a bad game on Friday night, but he wasn't Turbo. And I think that'll be really important for him to come out and 
be that fa- fabulous player and make some really great line breaks, score those, you know, hat trick of tries. Um, so, yeah, he's my player to watch in round two. Alex, and that's a, that's a great one, Tasha. And Alex, it, it was a it was a strange game, wasn't it? We, I guess the whole rugby league community was sitting there watching that match being like, okay, he's just timing his run. He's about to sort of take this thing over. And it just, I mean, it, it's unbelievable, isn't it? The, the way that, you know, he was able to be kept quiet. But um, no, look, that's a good one there, Tash. And Alex, were you the same watching that game? That was a, that was a weird game and uh, something that Tom will be a little bit disappointed in. 100%. But then it also made me nervous for the next game because as Tasha said, like he's, I don't think you can quiet him for two weeks. In fact, I know you can't quiet him for two weeks based on his ability to play. So he's just going to kind of come out guns blazing, I think, next game. And I think the Roosters should be a little worried about the performance he's about to put on. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Roosters fans, as if they haven't been through enough, uh, they're going to have to come up against uh, uh, Tom Travojevic, who's got something to prove. So yeah, the hits just keep coming for the Sydney Roosters. All right, Alex, who's your player to watch coming into week two? For me, it's Mitchell Moses. I think today when kind of the Eels were struggling to just kind of get that, get in front of the Knights, he kind of came like the booster, like literally. You kind of watched him just kind of boost across across the field with, um, with that try that he took to kind of bolster them forward. And I think – the Eels right now, especially, they're kind of in that position after having a bit of a struggle during the season that they can play all out footy, right? And just kind of leave it out on the field. And I think Mitchell Moses is kind of, he's going to be that player to step up for the Eagles and go, guys, let's leave it on the field because I'm going to leave it all on the field. And he showed that, I think, today in, in their game. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I still think there's a little bit of distance between you know, Cleary and Reynolds in terms of their kicking game. But Mitchell Moses, is he's getting very, very close. You know, the, the steps that he's taken over the last couple of years with his kicking game in itself is, yeah, it's it's something something to watch definitely coming into next week of the finals. And for me, I, I guess, you know, reflecting on, uh, you know, a player to watch, it, it's Jerome Luai for the Penrith Panthers. One of the one of the things, and we'll talk a little bit about it, uh, you know, as we sort of move into the finals. But I think I think if if Penrith are to recover after what was a shock defeat, I think Jerome Luai really needs to step up and have a big performance. There is just so much pressure on Nathan Cleary, and he can handle it, and he'll perform, and he'll continue to perform. But it would be nice if Jerome Luai could really step up and I guess recapture some of that earlier season form where. He was playing as well as, if not better, than Nathan Cleary. That's what Jerome Luai needs to needs to produce. And this is the pressure of the NRL competition is that, you know, it's all well and good to hit your peak in those early rounds of the competition, but now's the time to deliver. You know, as, as Penrith Panthers uh, fans will be, will be hoping for, uh, you know, they're going to hope that Jerome can turn it around and, and hit his straps next week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jerome Luai does have to step up. They are certainly um, targeting uh, Cleary all the time. And Jerome Luai, yes, we've seen some real sparks of brilliance throughout the season, but this is finals footy. This is week two. They, They looked a bit shocked. They were contained. They lost. It was an upset. Penrith have to bounce back. And they have to bounce back strong. And I can't see them doing that without Jerome Luai sparking. All right, guys. And that's all the time we have tonight. Um, as always, just want to thank my amazing panel, as they always bring the heat as we talk 
all things rugby league. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. If you did, please download, 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 and share our show with your friends, with your family. We really appreciate your support. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.